Welcome to Lounge, Lift, Learn, Real Talk with Black Therapists, where we're having conversations that uplift, inspire, and empower. I'm Lysandra. And I'm Shelby. Welcome to the lounge. Woo. So, Lysandra has seen another post on Facebook. Surprise, surprise. Well, listen, the, I, I stay on those Facebook streets so that I can see what the people want us to talk about. Whatever you need to say to yourself to um, back up the fact that you're on social media a lot. But go ahead. Whatever. So anyway, um, let me explain this topic because this topic is so big and loaded. So I saw this post. So we're going to talk about pieces of this, but we may talk about this in future podcasts because it's just such a large and broad topic that today... um, Let me just read the post to you. How's that? I love it. So I saw this post on Facebook and it said, imagine if churches talked to men about how to be good husbands as much as they talk about how women need to be good wives. Say that again. Well, imagine if churches talk to men about how to be good husbands as much as they talk about how women need to be good wives. (sighs) Exactly. Mm, This is loaded. This is loaded. I see this come up a lot, obviously, in couples therapy, but also in my upbringing, right? Also see it, like, on TV shows. I see it in my friendships. Like, I see it everywhere. So I'm so glad we're hitting this topic. Like you said, it's going to come up again. But here we go. Here we go. So, okay. Shelby and I have some frustrations with the church. And allow allow me to qualify this. I am in the church. I am a member of the church. So don't come for me. I don't need anybody to come for me about coming for the church because I am an active participant. So it's kind of like saying, I have a problem with those Gordons. Well, I'm a Gordon. So I can talk about my family because I'm in the family and I'm working with my family and I'm trying to improve my family. So that's the where that's the place I'm coming from when I say I got some frustrations with my family, the global church with the capital C. Can I can you clarify actually like what denomination? There's some people who are just like, I'm believers, it's the body of Christ, the church. But let's be fair, there are different maybe rituals or doctrine that's mm-hmm. taught. Can you clarify which denomination you're from, if any. Okay. So for me specifically, personally, I'm a part of an active church that doesn't have a specific denomination and it's not non-denominational. Okay. However, I don't really ascribe to, this is Lysandra personal, I don't really ascribe to specific denominations. I was raised in a Baptist church. I have been Church of God in Christ. I have visited Lutheran, Catholic, um, and a whole gamut of churches. Um, That really gives the listeners some context, though, mm -hmm. right? Like, even that your background were these pieces, and you could do whatever you want today, right, Mm -hmm. And, and how you acknowledge that, but that's important for our listeners to know. So let me just locate myself. So I grew up in a church that was small, Mm-hmm. and non-denominational in nature. Uh, but currently, I do not have a church home. 
Okay. However, I would say I have a very strong relationship with Christ mm-hmm. and God. I know my generation, millennials, shout out to y'all. Um, I would say I'm very spiritual, mm-hmm. and some people get like uptight about that. But for me, it just means I have a close relationship with God. I'm living out the Word. I do read my Bible. But church family, church home, not necessarily a thing. I might listen to sermons online and do that type of thing. But to actually be grounded in one, I'm not. Okay. So you can totally come for me. I'm That's not. cool. But I do have opinions, and they are still valid. Absolutely. But here we go. I mean, we're going to do this. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. And 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 so as Shelby is locating herself, saying she's not an active part, I actively serve. I serve in ministry. I um, serve as a servant leader over a ministry. Um, and so some of the things that we want to talk about, but we're going to go <clears throat> a little specific to women, right? Because this post stood out to me and it had a lot of activity on it um, because there we hear so much. As a woman growing up in the church, the millennial across from me, um, she's a baby and I love the millennials. I love y'all so much. I'm a Gen Xer, you know? And so there were things I heard. I'm sorry, I'm sorry the Gen what? Xer. It's just, it's just interesting to me. Don't call us babies. I'm sorry. We're like so 30. And I think um, some of us are 40s, right? Some of you, yeah. Like we're not 16, but go ahead. I know. You know, I'm getting up there in age. And so everybody is a baby to me unless they're like a mother. So even when they're not a mother, Context, like they're right? like, they're, they're like, <laughs> 60, and I'm like, yes, mother. Because for me, it's just this distinction. Whatever. Okay, I'm a little cray cray. Anyway, so some things I heard all the time were like, um, you have to know how to cook. You have to um, learn how to be respectful. You have to, oh, I should have listed these. I did not list these um, listeners. Can I add one? Sure. One that I hear all the time, and I know y'all hear it too uh, submit. Oh, submit. That might be the biggest trigger for me. Submit. (laughs) And, and, and let me, let me, let me go on record. I want you to hear me quite clearly when I say I am not against submission. Same. Me either. But I think that, okay, y'all know I'm famous for the Bible stories. Do they want to hear Bible stories? They love me and my Bible stories. Everybody loves my stories, but fine. Shelby's giving me the eye. Go ahead. Do what you need to do. I I guess it's not so much a Bible story as much as if we're going to talk about the church um, for me and in my beliefs, my beliefs and my spirituality is rooted in the Bible. And so these beliefs, this doctrine and all the things we believe are rooted in the Bible. And when you bring up denominations, that starts to make a, 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 there's the distinction and why there are so many denominations. Because every denomination takes that same Bible and they interpret the words differently. Correct. Correct. And so I'm, I'm not against it. My personal, my very personal view, as I said in theology classes at my alma mater, um, was that so many people were attempting to explain and fool God which I think is ludicrous. Like, how do you explain away the creator when you're the created? So for me, it was always this level of I'm fine with not knowing. Mm -hmm. Like, there are things I'm comfortable going, uh. However, when you look at creeds and um, which is the belief system of an individual um, denomination or body, um, 
depending whether you're a part of Catholicism or the Lutheran Church or the Presbyterian Church or the Church of God or the Church of God in Christ or the Baptist Church or the Southern Baptist or the on and on and on and on. You are well-versed. Because there are so many, and that is not even the tippity tip of the iceberg, right? So when we talk about what this looks like, what I've not seen different, I've seen it to different extremes, but what I've not seen is a church yet that is as intent on teaching men how to be husbands and what that means as they spend as much time telling women they need to be respectful and submitted to be a good wife. And as a counselor, I'm going to tell you, it takes a heck of a lot more than that to be either. Yeah, I will say I have been to churches or, you know, online stream churches where they are really good at holding both accountable. Mm-hmm. So they're out there, but yeah. I would say it's very rare. Yeah. Right. And just growing up in, can I say the black church? Like, sure. is that right? Like in a black church, I feel like it's a lot of, um, can I use the word policing? Like policing women's sure. bodies, mm-hmm. policing women's uh, thoughts, ideas, cooking. A lot of times the way I dress, uh, how do you keep yourself together, your attitude, Mm -hmm. and I don't hear it for men. And so, yeah, we need to talk about that because it's frustrating. It is absolutely frustrating. And so for me, here's where this is based in scripture. Um, There's a scripture, and I'm so sorry that I did not do my homework to um, well enough. I did my homework. I didn't do my homework well enough because I think it's Ephesians, but I could be wrong. So any of my little Bible-thumping listeners, um, you could come for me on on um, our Instagram page or our Facebook page, Lounge Lift Learn, Lounge Lift Learn, Instagram or Facebook. Yes, that is a plug. Go, like, subscribe, share. Anyway, um, I do that because I want to get you all in there. However, um, see, I tried to plug you What's the scripture? What's the scripture? What's it about? Ephesians, it says, husbands. Thank you. Shelby had to bring me back because I'm a little older. I'm a Gen Xer and my mind completely forgot where I was. Um, However, Husbands, love your wife like Christ loved the church, so much so that he gave himself for her. Mm. And under that, it says, or above that, wives, submit yourselves to your husbands, right? So I have heard and been beat up with submit yourselves to your husband. There is yet another scripture. This one never gets talked about hardly ever. Go for it. Submit yourselves one to another. Now, for me, here's the disconnect. Um, I have some viewpoints. I feel like when the Bible says for a husband to love his wife like Christ loves the church, um, Jesus died for the church, right? However, I take it deeper because I would think if you were to ask most men, they would be like, yes, I'm the provider and I'm the protector. Er, I will kill for my wife. Yeah. Don't you come for my er, Like all of that. But there's there. it's deeper for me. It's deeper in how are you emotionally dying? How are you, like, how are you protecting her physically, spiritually, emotionally? Like, there is way more there than just provide, protect physically. How am I emotionally providing for her? How am I spiritually providing for her? Am I covering her? Am I making sure that I'm a very present man, a servant leader, 
because Jesus was the head of the church. So the patriarchy, I don't have a problem with. Got the Father, got the Son, got the Holy Spirit. The patriarchy, I understand the 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 teaching that isn't very holistic. That's where my issues are. I, I want to stop you there because of the comment of the patriarchy. Like, I understand. For me, patriarchy is like a system that is set up to keep women mm-hmm. at the bottom. And so if you're trying to say like the hierarchy, okay. I understand. I, I respect that. So, But patriarchy for me comes with like belittling okay. our role as women. And so I, I struggle with that piece. But I don't know what you meant. You know right? what? I think I meant what you're saying, oh, okay. the hierarchy, okay. because the man is the head. So, yes, it's hierarchy. And thank you for getting me together. You know, oh, good. You know yeah. we love messing up words. <laughs> And you love messing up words. You were, you were, you join in with me. <laughs> I do, I do in this. But you know what? That's just being human. So at the end of the day, I don't. It is what it is. So that I like what you say about patriarchy. So that hierarchy is absolutely there, and it's supposed to be there. However, if if the patriarchy does not ensure that they are listening and being inclusive to the voices of women, um, talking intentionally and intensely to men about how to be husbands, how to be servant leaders. Jesus did not lord over in a in a controlling way. Absolutely not. And I think that goes back to the emotional piece you were talking about. Men in general are not socialized to be emotional beings, even though all humans are emotional, right? So we have to train up our men to be gentle, to sit in their anger or disappointment or frustrations and communicate that. And how do you communicate that, right? I think about Jesus being a leader, but like you said, not being controlling, not demeaning people. He can get his message across without making you feel like crap. Right. And I think some men struggle with that. Women do too. So, um, but we're talking about the mm-hmm. patriarchy here. Yeah, and and even though you highlighted the black church, which we've we've both uh, been a part of, I've been a part of the entirety of my mm-hmm. life. I have, I guess I'll say, done stints in very diverse churches, um, and I have a lot of people that I talk to that aren't black who are very much still impacted by this heavy patriarchy. Um, and if, if, if you're loving me like Christ loves the church, I, I really am waiting for the head that has to start at the top, that has to start at the tip top, that the pastors, that the, the, the men in charge, and I mean that to the, the archbishops if you are in— um, Episcopal churches. I mean that to wherever leadership is at the very helm, at the very top, that's where the message has to start because it's been so, God talked to women. Women ran churches. Women were very, women were judges. Like there were all these places where women were amazing. And and so when it says, oh, and then let me just say this. I'm sorry. I'm going to be quiet because Shelby, I'm talking a lot. There is this piece for me where it says, women, respect your husbands. And it says, husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church. I'm sticking to that because I need to make this point and I don't want to forget. 
When a woman feels loved, the respect is automatic. I don't have to be commanded to love because for a woman, the love is automatic. And I wonder, this is just me and my little imagination. There's no theology here. This is Lysandraism. I wonder if God had to command a man to love and he had to command a woman to respect. Because when I don't feel loved, my very instinct is to disrespect. Maybe. Maybe. But I would take this a step further, too, that um, feeling loved means to feel secure. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And protection, being a provider provides women a lot of security, but not all of it. Right. I think women, again, we're very emotional beings. We want to know you can meet us where we're at. And I think my issue with the church is that we just aren't telling men, hey, if you want to be a leader, make sure you're taking all of these parts into consideration. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I've even seen men, you know, not be the provider not necessarily be the protector, mm -hmm. and want to claim leadership role in the household. Mm -hmm. How does that work? I don't know, because, because again, and so you're, you're tapping into roles. The other thing that I'm going to tap, and then I'm going to jump because you jumped into roles. The other thing we hear all the time is men want sex. Make sure we give them sex. Can I just say something bold? I'm I know gonna what you're going to say. Bold. Go I'm gonna for it. Ten toes down. Women like sex, too. I know she was going to say that. Good Lord. It's true, because it's true. <laughs> like, God created all of our sexual parts equal. <laughs> like this is what this is what it is. And so, why are oh, maybe that goes back to policing women? Ooh. Why are women not given that same give your wife sex? Yeah. Why are we not given that? Is it because we should be pure and keep ourselves together, and women yes. shouldn't talk about that piece? Yes. We shouldn't have that desire because that makes us nasty women, right? You, the, it's the political, policing. right? Like, there's a lot there. Ooh, I like it, Shelby. I like it because you are right. Because, well, when we're when we're policed, it's cover this up. Okay, I'm gonna get in trouble. I'm gonna get in trouble. I'm gonna get in trouble. I'm gonna get in trouble for this. Um, because cover that up. Don't let your elbows show. Don't let your kneecap show. Like if looking at my elbow and my knee turns you on then you need to go on that altar and get delivered from a lust demon. Because men out here with these very tight shirts on and these super skinny jeans. I want to see your chest hair. Nope. And, and we're seeing all your packages, um, sirs. So I'm just saying, while we're policing women, I think if, if, if you're saying be modest in your apparel, meaning you don't, you don't want to just come in looking like a street woman. I don't know what the hell that means. <laughs> like, I, I was trying not to say looking like a hoe. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to just come in like with a with a not a tube top. What is that called when it's on? Is top top? Nah, I'm I'm going less. Maybe that is a tube. That, but I only wanted to cover my boobies. Yeah, that's but a tube. really low. Like I got all my cleave out, and you see all my cut. I mean, I think my be respectful with it. Right, right. So there's a respectful yeah. way to dress, right? And then there's a controlling. Right. way of of telling women how to dress. Like, I think there's a difference there. I'm cool if you say, don't have your boobs all out and about, right? right? Like, I, I think we need to be careful with, like, temptations of everybody Absolutely. and how you carry yourself. But at the end of the day, why even women wearing pants in some churches, yeah, having, having your toes out, like, I, why is that a problem? Listen. Go ahead. What, what I heard somebody like this was this was years and years ago. It could even be ten. They were the choir was having a concert and they were like, "Don't you show up in those thongs?" Well, listen, 
I'm a I'm a I'm a woman of a certain age. And and I live in this age. So when you say thongs, do you mean like flip-flops? Do you mean thong underwear? Because if I'm wearing thongs, you don't know that. But they right. were talking about flip-flops. And they were like, <laughs> don't be wearing thongs. But my thought was, what the heck does flip-flops have to do with singing for Jesus? And what is a thong underwear? Like well, they weren't even either. talking about thong underwear. But like but it either was their or. Age. <sighs> because at the end of the day, they weren't even thinking about the underwear. But what does the shoe I have on? have to do with the love of Christ, um, the love of God, the love of my brethren, the, the having the heart of God. You know what I mean? And so we beat people up, especially we're beating women up and we're telling them, if you can't cook and if you don't know how to do this and if you don't wear this, you can't be a good wife. Do we put that energy into men? And I, and I, and I, ugh, I don't even want us to put that energy that specific energy into men. I want as a whole the church to, you know, kind of pull back and refocus and say, how do we both help husbands and wives understand um, what marriage entails, what it really takes, what does it really look like to be a husband? What does that entail when your wife is going through and she's hormonal and she's pregnant with your child and she's mean as a junkyard dog? What does it mean when you sit and you serve her and you understand that she's going through a hormonal imbalance or she's had that baby or she's not going to have pregnant? She's going through menopause and she's having hot flashes and she's saying, please don't touch me. Why aren't you touching me? And you're like, what the heck is wrong with her? Like, how do you love me? I think all of this is bringing us to this this next part of Mm -hmm. just the church being more judgmental Mm -hmm. than we need to be. I love, Lysandra, that you just said we need to take a step back and refocus. Mm -hmm. Like, What is the purpose of what we're trying to do here with the church? What is the purpose of fellowship? What is the purpose of like serving God and having that relationship? It's it's not to scare people away. Absolutely. If that's why you're judging people, I, I don't get it. And I guess I am so upset and disappointed and frustrated that, you know, People walk into the church and feel like they can't be loved on to even get to know who Christ is. Right. They should be seeing that in us and asking about that, right? Right. And they're not because you're too busy focusing on sandals or focusing on why she's wearing jeans or why he looks like this or why, you know, that person is coming coming into the room and maybe they are of a different sexual identity. Right. I'm over it and I'm mad about it. I feel that. I feel that. I, I feel that, Shelby. And I think it's a really good place to be. And 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 before I go there, I'm gonna say this. Like, we've been in this pandemic where we were in utter lockdown and and a lot of the church people like God kicked us out of the church. And we deserve to be kicked out of his church. Like we were very irreverent, taking his holy temple for granted. Um taking his his children for granted, being unloving and unkind, um, having bad attitudes and being fine with the bad attitude, talking yeah. to people crazy and upset. You can't talk to me crazy because I'm grown. And I don't mean that in the aspect that, oh, God, you can't talk to me because um, I have grown in who I am in God. 
And you can't talk to God crazy and you can't talk to me crazy because I'm his child and I'm creating his image and his likeness. And I believe in the fivefold ministry. Oh, wait, let me come back on topic. See, look at her. Little. See, that's that preacher <laughs> in her. Oh, that a woman ministry. The preacher. The fivefold ministry. Oh, you, you talking about your fist? Okay. <laughs> Good Lord. Okay, I'm back, I'm back. Jesus. So in the pre in the pan, before the pandemic, we have dishonored, in my humble opinion, as as a as a member, we have dishonored God's house. We have dishonored God. We have dishonored his people with how we treat each other. He kicks us out. That's my little analogy. Everybody can be, y'all can be wrong. And and now nobody can come in. Churches are scrambling, right? They're trying to figure out how do we still get the message out. But the Bible tells us that our body is the temple. And so now the preachers are like, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And it is. However, now we're back in churches. And now we're back to pushing people. They need to get in church. Which one is it? I'm a person that needs messaging to be consistent. If it's it's okay in 2020, it's okay in 2030. You you cannot give the inconsistent message. Now the person that has joined in a pandemic, during a lockdown, they've run to Jesus. You've said, join us online. Now that they're not coming in, now we're being berating them. That's yeah. not showing the love of yeah. Christ either. Oh, it is It is very confusing. I think that is my concern is that we have a lot of like church hurt mm-hmm. people, yeah. right? And then they're not sticking with God. So like I said earlier, like I don't have a church home, mm-hmm. but I think church is very important. Mm-hmm. Like obviously like life gets busy. Like I don't want to use that as an excuse, but I need to make sure that my next church home is going to be safe. Yeah. Not just for me and my babies, my family, but for everybody. Mm-hmm. And if I pick up on even a little bit of you, you know, excluding certain people because of something that is not biblically based, mm-hmm. I'm... I'm done. I'm done with that church, but I'm not done with God. So I just want to reiterate, like, God is good all the time, and we don't need to leave based on that. Yeah. And I think I think you, at, what you're kind of highlighting is the it's the heartbreak. Like, Shelby's heart is broken. Like, I am broken for how we've treated each other um, in God's house. And, and I dare say that that's a really good place to be, because I think it's—, it's God's house, God's heart is broken too. And so do I tap into the vein of God? God, God is is multifaceted and multi-layered. Like I think he's angry at some things. Yep. Like he's, he's, yes. But he's also heartbroken at the, the there's a scripture that says you shall know them by their love. So as long as we're acting unloving, and and have you seen culture? Like culture is unloving. Society is unloving. We don't care about kids. We don't care about if you eat. We don't care about if you live. We just, we're unkind. And I think that breaks the heart of God. So when people run to the church and now we're policing them and they come in the door, you didn't wear that. You need to take that off. Why do you have that on? You know what? That gives me the vibe of sin comparison. Yeah, yeah. I can't say enough about this thing. So... I grew up in a church that would kind of talk about um, abortion in a way that it was a sin, but it, or maybe smoking and doing drugs and uh, sleeping around, being promiscuous as a sin, but didn't call out the anger of some of the men in the church as a sin mm-hmm. or the stank attitude of some of the women in the church as a sin. And I, I get fed up with that. And I know it still exists in churches today, 
right? Where it's like, we like to pick and choose who we're going to beat up, Mm -hmm. but we don't want to take accountability for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so this idea of hypocrisy is bothersome. I think that is why a lot of uh, millennials are not coming back to the church. And it, again, breaks my heart because I know the church has good purpose. Mm -hmm. But how dare you? How dare you, right? Like, I think just very generally about living your life as similar to Christ as you humanly can. Right, right. And I'm watching how Christ would step in and say, he who was without sin, throw throw the first stone. Go ahead. Come on. And y'all throwing stones, not even realizing that you live in sin. I mess up every day, Lysandra, and I need to do better, right? But how dare I come for you in that way? Like, Absolutely. And so self-accountability is important, people. If you are in the church, even if you're not in the church, do better at holding yourself accountable. I don't, I don't want to hear about other people being worse off than you when you're not talking about where you need to do better. Absolutely. I got I I have two thoughts okay. uh about what you just said, like in response. So like it breaks my heart when I hear you say, me and millennials, we don't even want to go in. And I understand that. And it breaks my heart. And and I don't I don't think I'm amazing. I don't think I'm like great. Like I don't think I'm the best Christian in the world. What I am though is intentional. And so I stay in church. Amidst the foolishness, amidst the evil people, I stay there because I have to give an account for me. That's one. And then two, I stay there because if I leave and you decide to go, and the only people there are the mean and evil people, because all the people who are really trying with everything they had um, left, then, then the only experience you have in God's house is the negative people. And so part of my reason on staying amidst the foolishness is to be like the voice crying out in the in the in the darkness or something to say, hey, there is light here. And so I see that as part of my role, as part of my assignment to 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 be salt and be light. So I try to be that. And it doesn't mean I'm perfect in any capacity because I'm not, and I fall short just like everybody else. And so that leads to the second thought. Is like, yeah, you got these negative, evil, attitude-y, funky people in the church. But the reasonable part of me says, for some of them, I don't, especially if I've had I haven't been there with them, I don't know how far God has brought them. True. Like they really True. could be better than they used to be, right? Because we're all a work in progress. And I don't know where I have met this person on their journey to better. I respect that, and I appreciate everything you just said. I love that piece of, like, let me stay here so everybody's not funky in the church. Like, let me do that. Uh, that's that's important. And um, not and, and as a millennial, as somebody who has, like, stepped away from the church for my own reasons to heal, right? Like, I, I can't get into religious trauma and what that has done for me, but— the reality is you are you are further along in your journey with Christ, right? Like you've been in it since birth. <laughs> Came out, hallelujah, right? I took, so, a, I took, a, I took a detour. You might have, you might have. Thank you for that honesty, right? But at the end of the day, let's also let's also keep in mind that those people who are judging may have some like self-confidence issues, mm-hmm. right? They may be insecure. But if I am insecure as a non-believer and I'm thinking, let me explore with the church what this thing is. Let this be a safe place for me. Let me see. And those funky people are doing that. It 
it just doesn't make it safe for me to explore the healing process. Mm -hmm. And so people step out, but I pray that once they're further along in their journey of healing, even if that means outside of the church, that they can come back eventually. Mm -hmm. Same with me. I'll put that out there. Let me offer this. Go ahead. This is how I um, say it to my clients. Therapist move. Yeah. Let me offer you this. Um, The church... Because I'm a part of the church, and I mean the the C, the big C. I think you're a part of the church. You understand? Know oh, I'm absolutely. So we're a part of the church, but the church is full of of fallible humans. True. And so the ch- I look at the church as the hospital. It's full of sick people, and so depending on the the ward I'm in, the floor I'm in, like my level, like spiritually, I, I think that like we confuse giftedness. Oh, she can sing. Oh, she can pray. Oh, she can prophesy. Fill in the blank. Oh, she can fill in the blank with spiritual maturity. Yes. And they are not the same because the gifts are given without repentance. So we continue to operate. I will pray down a house. I will speak in all the tongues and be nasty. Yep. And so the person that I prayed for will be delivered because it has nothing to do with me because God is still at work. But that is, I think, why that scripture, and then we're moving for we're moving forward. Um, that scripture says that, but I prophesied in your name. Right. <laughs> it's like right. But depart. But I from don't me, know you. I don't know you. Right. You stank. Anyway, oh, that's not how the Bible said it. But you know, I gotta put my little Lissandraism on it. Um, but so so Shelby, you're talking about the heartbreak, you're talking about the difficulty in returning. Um and, and we're therapists, so you know we're going to bring it here. And so what I see a lot, and I'm certain you've seen a lot, um, is the people that come to therapy who are Christian, because that's, um, that's our theological background. Um, I certainly see people who are not Christian, yeah. um, period. Um, but we see them, and there's so much church hurt. And, and so now I'm in my office at work, not, not at church where I, I serve in ministry, but I'm in my office at church and I am still doing ministry. I am helping facilitate healing to the brokenhearted because as a Christian, here's something that I regularly do when there's church hurt. I apologize. I'm aware I didn't do it. Oh, I get that. And I say, yep. on behalf of the church, I'm so sorry. Why? Because I'm a part of the church. And and I and I help walk through that healing. And so some of the things that come up, like I'm hearing you're hurt. So let's talk about the emotions because here's another issue. And I think here's why. Here's another reason why there's so much church hurt. So tragedy happens, and I'm sad, or I'm afraid. Can, can, can I answer? Can I can I answer what the church people be saying? What they say? What they say? Okay, wait. Give me a tragedy. Give me a tragedy. Uh, oh, girl, I'm going to start singing Mary Mary. What? Oh, Lord. Don't sing on this podcast. You're going to get us canceled. <laughs> don't, please don't. It's not my family. Oh, oh all right. Okay. How about, Granny died. Granny died, okay? But we going to start with that because she just. <laughs> Granny died, and I'm really upset about it. I'm mm-hmm. sad. I'm having a hard time getting out of bed. And the responses I typically hear are, it was, it was in God's plan. Right. God allowed this to happen because he has bigger plans for you. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the fruit of the spirit, joy. You know, wake up, joy. Like God, she went to heaven. 
What are you? She don't got no pain no more. What are you worried? She wouldn't want you to be this way. Ooh. A lot of dismissing Ooh. basic human emotion to, ugh, I don't even know what to call it, to, I guess, reinforce your biblical beliefs well, or no, like where you're standing. I don't even know what to call it. Help I think out. it's religiosity. Okay, And I'm cool. going to add one more to the list. Because I need to go. I, oh, I probably have more. Go, go for it. it. God will never put more on you than you can pay. Wait, can I ask you a question? Sure. I'm like 99.9% sure that that's actually not scripture. That's not, it's not a scripture. Okay, at all. cool, cool. I'm glad that you can be 100% sure. Because I've read the Bible several times and I didn't see that one. So, what do you mean he doesn't put more on? I'm feeling like I can't bear this load right now. Can I tell you a secret? Go ahead. What the scripture actually does say is that God puts more on us than we can bear, so much so that we just want to die so that we can turn to him. That is actually in the scripture, 1 Corinthians 1 and 8. But tell me you don't say that to people who are I don't say that to people because I think it's a horrible thing to say to people. But, But that creates the church hurt. So now my grandma's died or my mom's died, and we both know I've lost both of my parents. And so when people say, but they're in a better place, I'm glad that made you feel better. Right. That didn't make me feel better. So I can, I as the griever, I can come to the place to say, you know what? They're in a better place. But when you say it to me, it's dismissive. And so... Can we just say we believe in God and we can be sad? Because Jesus cried when Lazarus died. Jesus cried. Shortest scripture in the Bible. Jesus wept. Jesus cried. But now when you cry, I go, you just need to be strong. Yeah. Just place it at the feet of Jesus. Like, I struggle with this because God created us to be in relationship with Mm others so that we can get through these things, right? Right. Go see your therapist. I can have God and therapy, and I can't emphasize that enough, y'all. And a lot of times, God could be working through your therapist, saved or unsaved therapist. Like, we can go there. But at the end of the day, I I just have to throw this question out there. What have you been suppressing Mm -hmm. because of religion? Yeah. Is it your your sexual desires? As we talk that women like sex, right? Right. We love sex. That's how we're made. Mm -hmm. Is it the emotion that you were told you can't have or isn't appropriate because you should be saved and have more faith and trust in God? Mm -hmm. What are you suppressing that is causing you to not be your true self? Can I not be honest with my husband? Because if I'm honest, I'm not being respectful. Well. What you say. And so what am I suppressing? That's an amazing question. And so when you come into our office, we're going to start tap dancing all up in your world and having you come into awareness because you can have the most healthy relationship. You can have them with God, with your spouse, with your family, with your mother, with your father, your kids. But you have that healthy when you are in tune with yourself when you are coming from a place of health, when you are not suppressing, because just because I think it does not mean I need to say it, right? Like, yeah. I don't need to say everything I think. Please don't misconstrue what we're saying. What we're saying is suppression, meaning I'm going to just act like this doesn't bother me and I'm going to push it way down and I'm not going to even think about it. That is unhealthy. And that leads to depression and anxiety. I, I think the last thing I want to say about this, though, mm-hmm. is that Church folks, I love y'all. Like, I think y'all are so important and influential. But when I see people come into my office in therapy and talk about the things they were told when they were five, six, seven years old, and it follows them till their 40s and 50s, Mm -hmm. and we got to do the work, I'm like, whoa, 
Who could have said that differently? And so be influential, be the light to the world, be the salt, right? Like do all of these things, mm-hmm. but be intentional. Just like Lysandra kind of lives her life. Be Lysandra. <laughs> be Christ. <laughs> well. Compliment, yeah. That's a compliment. Just take it. Just that, take was, it. that was really, really nice. Um, I think I would, I would close out this, this um, session with... And I'm going to tap into the emotion because that's where we, you know, we live. All of your emotions are okay. I want you to feel perfectly fine experiencing all of your emotions. I don't want you to allow somebody to tell you not to be anxious. There is a scripture that says don't be anxious. There is a scripture that says, Lord, I believe, but help me where I don't believe, right? So don't let somebody tell you don't need meds when it comes to your mental health because nobody ever says that when it comes to diabetes and heart disease. So take care of yourself. Go to a counselor. Talk to somebody so you can work on managing your emotional self and not falling into the trap. Um, as to the, to the church body, to those in leadership that so graciously listen to our podcast, thank you, we appreciate you. But but let's go back to the drawing board because husbands and wives, we need each other, and we gotta do that in a way that's healthy. I love it. Back to the basics. Back to the basics. And back to subscribing. Yeah. So if you've enjoyed our podcast, subscribe and share. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.